When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to this week's episode of the Baseball Together podcast. This week we have DeGrom to the IL, the Cubs are tearing it down, and the Red Sox, Mount Rushmore, right now. Nine Plus Us presents the Baseball Together podcast with your hosts, Blackjack Brad and Kansas City Little Big Briggy Blue Eyes. And now, Baseball Together. Welcome to this week's regular episode of the baseball together podcast baseball family i am brad and as per usual i have to my right our guy brig hey 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 all right we have a lot going on this week uh like i said eventually we're going to get into our uh boston red sox mount rushmore however let's start with this brig we have yeah. jacob Degrom to the il with dun 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 forearm dun, dun. tightness you got the way um that worries me considerably uh, just because that, like we've said, it's a forearm strain or forearm tightness that typically seems to precede Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Almost um, every time. It's like without yeah. fail. That's the first thing that happens. Yeah. Yeah. The, they're going to let it, they're going to let it go. And, you know, I saw this story and they said they're, that he's not going to pitch until it's resolved. Uh, so they're just going to wait. They're going to try to wait it out. But uh, oh boy, that's what we hear every time with that, that's and eventually gets time. to the point. Yeah, eventually gets to the point where it's like, well, it's not getting better. Let's take a deeper look. Oh shoot, your UCL is torn. Yeah. Um, my for, my other thought with this brig was this is not good for baseball at all. No, nope. at all. No, because he's going to be the MVP. Well, he's he's the best pitcher in baseball by a by like ten miles. Right. Yeah. And no and if he if he's going to be hurt and he's not going to be, I mean, that would be like, that was like when when Kevin Durant missed an entire NBA season with an Achilles. That would be like Tom Brady when he missed. I mean, he wasn't in his prime yet. I don't feel like even, but when Tom Brady missed almost an entire season because he had a knee injury in the like the first game, you know, like this is a really big deal for baseball. And unfortunately, I don't feel like there are a lot of fans who really like truly appreciate DeGrom besides the numbers. Yeah. Um, but you know, you've still got Tatis, you've still got uh Bryce Harper, you've still got a bunch of other guys, and you know, especially Otani is finally healthy. Yeah. But I'd this is a this is kind of a scary blow for the game of baseball. Yeah, I agree. I don't I don't like it at all and I want some resolution, but I want it to be a happy ending, like you said, Brad. I want it to be all about everybody being healthy and being able to play. But as we've seen, that doesn't always go that way. In fact, yeah. it doesn't often go that way. And I thought in your list of examples, I was really interested to hear if you said this is, is this would be like Michael Jordan trying to play baseball. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shots fired. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, those... It's not quite like that. But <laughs> <laughs> no. I had but... to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the other thing too, you know, we had Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer at the very beginning of the season said that there are going to be a lot of injuries because of the, because of the shortened seasons last year and then going in and trying to play a full season this year. 
Yep. Basically referring to the path to the turnaround. And I mean, so far he's been spot on. Yeah, he has. That we've seen a lot of pitching injuries. We've seen just a lot of injuries in general. Mike Trout's been out since like May, something like that. And Who? I don't I don't think he's expected back until August. Who? Mike Trout. Who is it? Who even is that? I'm not sure. I, I've kind of forgotten. That's <laughs> <laughs> how it feels, though. His face looks like. I forgot You're what his like, face looks like. <laughs> it, that's how it feels. You're like, who the freak is that? I mean, it's yeah. it's too bad baseball's so fickle with current players and so interesting because we're so obsessed with former players, right? But when it comes mm-hmm. to current players, current heroes, current all-stars, whatever you want to call them, we're like, come on, man. Step up to the plate. I know, yeah. I know. So hopefully, Degrom. I I really hope that it, it's not Tommy John surgery. I really hope that's not the result of this. But I just like every little bit of me is afraid that that's the way this is headed, and it, it's not going to be yeah. good. No, I agree with you. All right, we had the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are going home, Brig. It's yeah, been, yeah. Been a long time since they played a game in Canada, and this is going to be a big deal. July thirtieth, the Blue Jays yeah. are going to be back in Toronto. At uh, what is it, Rogers Center these days? Yeah, the Rogers Center. Like twenty years later, I still want to call it the Sky Dome. Well, don't, don't we know. all though? I think it's I fine. think we do. Um, <laughs> but this will this will be really yeah. good for the Blue Jays. They, I feel like those guys have been living out of suitcases for two years. I bet they feel that way too. What I'm interested <laughs> to know is what two things. What will their reception be? In Canada, how are the are the fans going to come out? Is this going to be like a big deal thing? Like, I feel like we should have opening ceremonies or something, kind of like mm-hmm. in the Olympics. Like, hey, you're yeah. back. <laughs> um, I don't know if we'll see anything grand like that. I, maybe then I think that'd be terrific. But I'm also interested to to learn what this does to Buffalo, to the fans there, and how they've got, they're going to maybe adapt to this. And you know, I wonder if every year they'll play a series in Buffalo from now on just as a, a nod, just pay homage and say, thank you. And I mean, which mm-hmm. I think was, is a cool thing to do as a thank you to the fan base and, and to the city of Buffalo for putting them up, you know? Yeah. I, th- I think that's the right thing to do. I think that they should. Um, I'm curious. I, I mean, you talk about the fans coming out. I don't know what the rule is going to be for fans, even attending games right now. Right, because yeah, because the article that I read said that they were getting some kind of exemption to be able to play in Toronto. So, oh, you know, I don't know if they if if it's if it's still going to be empty when they're there, you know, and then it's just going to be players, you know, staying at the hotel there in the state in the stadium, which is a bucket list item, by the way. Um, no doubt. That I yeah I I'm curious what it's going to be like if it's just going to be like. A continuation of the pandemic season in Toronto, you know, and then once they finally do get fans there, have some kind of opening day 2.0. That's what they called it in Seattle when, yeah. uh, you know, when they're allowed to have full capacity again. But it, it's a big deal, though. It's good. I'm excited for the Blue Jays. It'll be good for them to be back home. It's good for the fans in Canada. And, 100% uh, like agree. Said, something, something to keep an eye on going forward, what they're going to do with uh, how they're going to treat Buffalo. Um, we had. Something that, I mean, so for those of you who don't know, which is most of you, probably all of you, 
Brig was at my house last week. It was very exciting. He just showed up at my doorstep. I had no idea he was coming. Uh, so we were hanging out <laughs> for a few days. <laughs> yeah. So we were hanging out for a few days. And one of the things that happened while we were hanging out was uh, we both got a notification on our phone that said Jock Peterson was traded from the Cubs to the Braves. What? Oh, we were so confused. <laughs> we're looking at each other like, so what? Confused. <laughs> Did you see? Am I the only one who... <laughs> Is this some kind of elaborate hoax? <laughs> it's insane. So so unexpected. And I mean, it was right. It was right before game started again after the All Star break, and you know, it, <clears throat> it got the wheels turning for both of us. Uh, you know, who's next? You know, how much? How much are the Cubs going to tear this thing down? So, so break. Who do you think? Who do you think is next? Uh, KB. And uh, I think he's going to New York. The Yankees or the Mets? Well, I don't know. I haven't figured that out yet. But hmm. I can see him in either team. I could. Yeah, that would make sense. Um, I saw I saw somebody propose a trade from the Mariners to, like, between the Mariners and the Cubs the other day. And I was like, yeah, right. Because it was like a Mariners, like, fan site, you know, like, like yeah. one of those SP Nation sites or something like that. And and so I was like, okay, you got me. I'll bite. And I looked at it. I don't remember who the two guys were that the Mariners were sending with cash uh, to the Cubs, but I was like, not outside of the realm of possibility. I mean, I don't right. think it's going to I'm not saying I think it'll happen, but that was one of the better trade proposals that I've ever seen because they're two top-level prospects, mm. both outfielders. And uh, and I think there was like uh like it's like a large amount of cash something like that. I don't remember exactly, but I th- I saw it. And I was like, I've seen much worse uh, fan trade proposals than what I saw there. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so, here's my question. Here's my question. Do you do you bring in KB to play right field, or do you try and rehab him for the hot corner? Um, honestly, the outfield in Seattle. Like, are you talking about in Seattle or just in general? In general, like if you're going to trade for Chris Bryant, are you going to try and rehabilitate him for third base or are you going to keep him in the outfield? Well, we saw him live and in person in right field on Friday night. We did. And he looked like a pretty darn good outfielder to me. He was killing it. And I feel like guys age better in the outfield, especially in right field when they do a third base. Right. Um, And if that helps his bat, I'd keep him in the outfield, honestly. And if I'm an American League team, I am pushing as hard as I can for him to trade for him as a DH at the very least. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, who does that eliminate then? I mean, there's a a mess of teams that aren't going to need that. And your proposal eliminates the entire National League. It does, yeah. But I do think a National League team can trade for him as an outfielder still. Yeah, and he's entirely capable. and, And quite honestly, there are there should be 29 teams calling the Cubs right now trying to make this deal. Yeah. Because he's still an all-star. Yeah, you're right. He He's still all-star quality. The other name that came up in our discussion was Anthony Rizzo. And we started asking our Red Sox fans, particularly Mike Farns, we're like, dude, do you think the Sox are going to try and bring him back into the family? Because, you know, he came up in the Red Sox organization. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, what's his name? Dahlbeck is their yeah. first baseman over there right now. And there's, I'm not sure that the uh, value proposal is right for Boston, 
I mean, they have everything's banging on all cylinders in Boston right now. Why? Why would they change anything? Honestly. Honestly, though, I do feel like if I'm the Red Sox, I would look around and say, "What's our weakest link? What is our weakest position defensively? What is our weakest position offensively?" And if it syncs up, I'd make a deal. And I don't know that Dalbach is necessarily the weakest link, but he's definitely the weakest name on that team. He is, and they only have one first baseman on the entire roster, and that's him. Right. Yeah, they do. Um, I'm trying to figure out when when the current owners bought the team because I don't think there's anybody like very, very top to the very bottom of that organization who was there when Rizzo was in the was in the system. No, because Epstein was I think Epstein's had, gone. Yeah, and I think they even have new owners since then, don't they? I don't know. That's what I'm trying to find out right now is uh is when the when these owners bought the team. Um, because yeah, if that's if if it was you know before what 2014, if it was after 2014, something like that, then yeah. uh, <laughs> literally nobody. So, because Epstein brought him to the Cubs when he moved over, that was part of his yeah. game yeah. plan. Okay, so that I'm like way off on my timeline there. The uh, the Red Sox were purchased in 2002, so the owners oh. were were still there, but that's really <laughs> it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man it's funny (laughs) that is funny but uh but yeah so that's that's really it though i mean front office organization uh coaching staff everybody has turned over since then i mean it might be the same club but that's about it and i don't know that rizzo even got to know know that guy (laughs) no no i agree but i do think it would be kind of yeah it makes sense and and whether it makes sense cohesion wise or money wise i don't know Oh, I have no idea, but yeah, I think I that, don't even uh, know who the Red Sox would trade, to be honest with you. And that's the real question. It would have to be prospects and cash and, you know, conditions, uh, you mm-hmm. know, player to be named later, that kind of thing. I don't know. Yeah. But, and who would you move out of your roster? You know, what, what kind of depth hit are you going to take anyway? I don't know. I don't know. Man. Yeah, I'm not sure. But I will say this, though. Even if you wanted to keep Dahlbach at first base, you've got a pretty good DH with Rizzo. Well, and that's not a bad point. It's not a bad point at all. Is that that's the thing about the American League with the DH is you've got a little bit more flexibility with guys. You can you can yeah. bring in a guy here like, you know, we've got we've got the depth figured out there, but we could always use a better DH. So No doubt. Well, and then he so, rotates in once or twice a week at first base. That's not gonna hurt anybody. Yep, exactly right. Yeah, because you got you got a gold glover there. So totally. No, that see, I like it, but I'm not. You know, I just want the, I want the tradition. <laughs> you know, I want the story. <laughs> I don't. It it might make sense in baseball terms, but I want the story. I want Rizzo back in the farm or in the system he came up in. That's all. Yeah, and I and I can see that, and I just, I don't know. I I feel like the move just makes sense though as well. But anyway, speaking of the Red Sox though, uh, the Red Sox were playing in New York this weekend. And Alex Verdugo, he's an outfielder for the Red Sox. Was uh, he typically plays center field? I believe it looked like he might have been in left when this happened. I don't know. For yeah. Sure. But yeah. Anyway, uh, a fan. So he tossed a ball into the stands to a red. He said he was throwing it to a Red Sox fan. A Yankee fan caught it, and I'm assuming by the time he tossed it, he had turned around and was heading back to the dugout. And sounds like the fan threw it back at him and hit him with it. Yep. Yep. That's exactly what happened. So there was a whole lot of yelling, a whole lot of cussing, and a whole lot of finger pointing, oh, and eventually, wow. oh, yeah. they, 
they found they caught the guy and they rather than arresting him which it doesn't make sense to me why he wasn't arrested because that seems like something you would get arrested for but uh, he was removed from the stadium and banned for life from all 30 stadiums by MLB that yep. is a good move the only concern i have brig is how do you enforce that i don't know i have no idea <laughs> i mean it's really easy uh, to be like banned for life you can never come to a major league baseball game Okay, how are you going to stop me? Well, that's where it gets fuzzy. Yeah. Well, I don't know how to exercise my authority, so I just uh, it's not no like real they give plans, security. just ideas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's how MLB operates. But it's not like they give security like a book of like these people are all banned for life. Memorize, memorize these faces. If they come through right. these doors, send them away. She was you know, Joe like, Jackson. <laughs> Pete Rose <laughs> and this Yankee fan. This... No, I'm sorry. <laughs> You're gonna have to mute that. Sorry. Yeah, I will. <laughs> but, but yeah, like I don't know. I like I said, it's easy to say. It's more difficult to enforce it. But it's visually, it's the right move, right? I mean, yeah, it's, it's super optics wise. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, optics wise. But but honestly, it's just one more piece of history in the Yankees Red Sox rivalry, and I thought it was really interesting. the The Yankees tried to save face by saying this is ridiculous, and you know we don't condone this kind of behavior at our stadium, and yada yada yada. We all know the Yankees fans are the nastiest in baseball. Like we all know that, right? And if it, it was comes down anywhere, between the Yankees and the Red Sox fans, I mean that's another rivalry they have. Is who's worse? It's you true. Know, they, both, they both have a really bad reputation, let's be honest. Yeah. Well, but I think that the Red Sox fans are much more accommodating and they don't push it to violence as often as I hear about it at, with Yankees fans. I don't know. Like they, there's yeah. I don't know. I think and maybe they do it outside the ballpark and it's not <laughs> inside the ballpark. They're like, "Let's get out on the though they changed the name of the avenue or whatever, but let's get let's get out there in the street and then we'll throw down like but in in New York, they're like, "Come at me, bro!" I don't know. <laughs> I know yeah. we're we're glossing over it and broad stroking things here, but at the same time, there's a you know stereotypes for a reason. So, well, and, and Aaron Boone did say that he hoped that guy was arrested, you know, which is easy for him to say, but yeah. it does it does I feel like go a long way for him to back up not just his own players, but the players in the in the league, you know, if, yeah. with something like that going on. Yeah, I agree. All right, Brig. So I kicked your butt this weekend at MLB The Show 21. Uh, <sighs> do you think I have a shot at entering this tournament that you've got on here? Not that you've offended me now. No, I was just going to say no. <laughs> <laughs> no, so uh, while I was out there with Brad, we did play MLB The Show, and I did get – I wouldn't say you kicked my butt, Brad. I didn't kick your butt, no. No, I didn't. You're right. At least one of the times I held my own. <laughs> but MLB The Show is doing a uh, 2021 summer circuit tournament thing, <clears throat> whatever they're calling it with words. And uh, what it's going to be is three open qualifying tournaments. And anybody who's 18 or older in the United States and Canada who has a copy of MLB The Show can enter the tournament. And what happens is these three dates, July 24th, August 7th and August 21st are the three dates that you can join the open free for all qualifiers. The top 64, excuse me, the top 64 participants across all, 
all three open qualifiers are going to be eligible for the grand final tournament, which is going to be a single elimination bracket. Um, I think there's a semifinal round in there as well. That's single elimination, but, uh, but the point is there's up to, you know, a total $25,000 cash prizes, a bunch of in-game benefits and different things like that, that you can unlock, uh, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I th- there might even be game tickets that you can get to go to live baseball games. And uh, it's it seems really cool. So for those of you who do play MLB The Show 21, those of you who um, are interested and didn't know about it, now you know. Just thought it would be fun for our, for our audience to hear that there's a way to maybe make a little money playing MLB The Show. And uh, if you enter the tournament, we want to know. If you win, we want to know. And, and we want to have cut. you on the show. Oh, no, wait, okay. we don't want to cut, but we'll have you on the show and we want to hear about your experience. So I think that'd be really fun. So let us yeah, know. Definitely. Well, and it's, it's, it's free to enter, right? All you have to do is yeah. get on and play. Is that right? Yep. Oh, that's my understanding. Anyway, the, the, the details are a little bit scant and maybe it's just that I don't speak uh, online gaming tournament language, which is <laughs> true. But at the same time, like I didn't see anything said it was pay to play. So awesome. Yeah. Go ahead and play. Let us know if you do. Like Rick said, we'll get you on the show. Uh, I yeah, think if awesome. you if you give it a try, let us know. We'll, we'll bring you on because I think that's cool. That's a lot of fun. All right. Last thing that's we have cool. here, Brig, we have a, we have what is believed to be the first all female broadcast team for a major league baseball game and this is happening for those of you listening on the first day this episode is released this is today tuesday july 20th it is mlb's youtube game of the week the orioles versus the tampa bay rays yeah yeah so we have one here we have go ahead yeah yeah no it's really exciting brad and i have kind of been covering the women in baseball thing pretty heavily over the last couple of years um, anytime there's an update in that, we want to know about it. We both have daughters, and we're both excited that MLB is kind of opening up to uh, more, you know, more legitimate, wonderful, open, very public positions, right for for different types of people, particularly women. So, uh, Melanie Newman is going to be their play by play announcer. She broadcasts for the Orioles right now. She'll be backed up with analysis by Sarah Langs. Alana Rizzo will be the on field reporter. And then Heidi Watney and Lauren Gardner are going to be on the pre and post game shows. So it's super exciting, Brad. What are your thoughts on this? It is. I mean, that's, it's awesome. I mean, you know, we've talked in the past about how, I mean, you mentioned just now about how we both have daughters and, uh, and I look forward mostly for Olivia to have opportunities like this, just because my daughter is special needs. So she's not going to have these kind of opportunities, but I do understand though, the desire for a of a father to want his daughter to succeed and do well in whatever she wants to do you know if olivia because she's obviously going to be brought up in a household that's strong in baseball and if she gets to be you know gets to be college age and and beyond decides you know i want to work in baseball these these women are opening the doors for her to be able to do that and do it on her own terms you know i think it's awesome i think it's really great that, that this is going on um i typically watch and listen to the well i watch the youtube game of the week i can't stand one of the typical broadcasters they have so i don't i have it on uh, i have it on mute but right <laughs> i'll probably I'll, I'll actually turn this one up and listen just to see how it goes I'm, I'm really curious i am too and it's historic and i bet you i bet you we the larger fan base likes it more than they 
expect to. That's what I anticipate happening. Mm -hmm. Um, it's gone that way every time we've had kind of a new change like this and, and it's, uh, it's always a little bit refreshing. One thing I will say, Brad, is that, was it a Sarah Langs, um, that began as a, as a blogger. She was a, wasn't she a Mets blogger? Yeah. She started on the Mets blog and she just kind of worked her way up through, um, through local, local channels, ended up at ESPN and now she's with MLB. I think that's really cool. So not amazing. Don't poo poo the blogs. (laughs) Right. <laughs> and don't knock the hustle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? She knew what she you, wanted and she was good after it. If you've got the chops and the hustle, go with it. You'll make it to where you want to be because yeah. and she's exhibit A of that. And we've seen it all. I mean, in the last, I'd say in the last 10 to 15 years in the, in the sports world in general, we've seen a lot of that. Uh, for anybody who knows who Bill Simmons is, he's the owner of The Ringer, he used to be at the ESPN. He used to have a blog so long ago that it wasn't, I don't think it was even on the internet. He, What he did was he would write his blogs and email them to his friends, and they'd email them to their friends and their friends, and they'd pass around. Eventually, he did get a website. He got bigger. ESPN picked him up, and that's how he found his success. You know, he wanted to be a writer, and and from what I remember, he was he was hanging around newsrooms, but not really finding any success. Nobody's really giving him a shot. He was kind of getting people coffee, hoping to get assignments, and and here he is. He's one of the richest guys in sports, <laughs> you That's know, in cool. sports media. Yeah. So it doesn't matter who you are. Just as long as you got the hustle and the chops to do it, you'll you'll find your spot. And and uh, and I I think that we've seen a few examples of that. I'm looking at one right here with Sarah Langs. So super cool. And I mean, this is the thing. We've talked about this before. Don't let anybody tell you 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 can't do it. You know yeah. what? What was it you said, Brig? Uh, you're not done until you're not working, willing to work hard enough to get it, or something like that. Yeah, and if they're dumb enough to hire you, you're smart enough to figure it out. There you go. Yep. That's what I've I. Always, that's what I actually always say. <laughs> now let me let me throw a disclaimer out there. We're two white dudes, right? So we know that we benefit <laughs> from a ton of privilege and don't understand some of the things that we say may be offensive to certain certain uh, demographics. You know what I mean? We're doing the best we can to to give you our honest opinion. And um, if so, if we've said anything that that makes anybody upset about these, you know, these women really breaking the mold here and and doing some great things, then please let us know, drop it in the mailbag and say, Hey, change the language. You know, this is how we prefer you talk about, um, you know, women moving up or, or diff, you know, different disadvantaged people or different demographics that might not always get the, the attention that, that everyone else gets or whatever it is. If you, if you ever hear us say anything like that, we're really trying to be as inclusive and as uh, respectful of, of all types of people as we can. So drop us a line in the mailbag and we'll, we'll be sure to address it. 100%. Thanks for that, Brig. I really appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, and with that, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we are going to get to a previously recorded segment of our Red Sox Mount Rushmore. Just put it on. No, I told you I don't want to. It'll be fine. No, Brig. I don't want to get punched in the face. It's way more fun than you think, I promise. You're the crazy one, not me. It's Venom. It's the best. You'll be fine. I don't care how good the equipment is. You're always saying how important content is. It'll be good content for YouTube and TikTok. I'm not going to let you punch me in the face. Do it for the gram. Briggs says I have to read this. Whether you need new gloves, a heavy bag, or performance apparel, Venom.com is the place to shop. You can support our show and get 10% off when you use the link in the description. Just be careful who finds your stuff. It might say more about your friends than it does about you. Hey Brad, can I admit something? 
kind of ridiculous. Yeah, man. I have a Neil Diamond song stuck in my head. I did not see that coming. Well, me neither. Have you been to a drive game recently? Tell me it's Sweet Caroline. Yeah, it's not. It's Song Sung Blue. (laughs) I have to admit I've never even heard of that song. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Dude, you gotta get out more. I think you need a vacation. You're probably right. Did you know that you can get great deals on airfare, hotels, and rental cars by using Booking.com? They have killer prices all in one place. I booked with them when I came out to South Carolina to visit you. Cool. The best part is, every time you use our link, not only do you get great deals on travel arrangements, but you also support the Baseball Together podcast. Maybe I do need to get out more. We all know you need to. Even our listeners know, bud. Well, where should I go? I don't know. I hear Phoenix is nice this time of year. Click on the link in the description to get out of the house and support the Baseball Together podcast all at once. Welcome back, baseball family. Today we're going to go through another one of our Mount Rushmores. Today we're going to go through the Boston Red Sox. Uh, Before we do that, though, let's introduce the Red Sox a little bit. This is a very storied franchise. Been around since... I mean, one of my favorite things from How I Met Your Mother, Brig, is when uh, when Barney goes to lecture Ted. Yeah. He says, Ted, since the dawn of time. <laughs> That's how he starts it all the time. And to me, the Red Sox have felt feel like they've been around since the dawn of time. And, you know, I, yeah. I know it's only been since 1901. But there's been so much that goes along with the curse of the Bambino. You, I mean, that, that was 100, the, 100 years almost. No, it was 100. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was almost 100 yeah, almost years. Almost 100 yeah. years. It was like 90 or something like that. Yeah. But uh, but it feels like that that's something that's been around forever, and, and so the Red Sox. So let's do this first. Like I said, since 1901, that makes that puts them in their 121st season. Um, actually started out as the Boston Americans yeah. until 1907, then 1908, 1908 switched to the Boston Red Sox. Um Overall record of 9,632 wins, 8,947 losses. That is a winning percentage of 518. 24 playoff appearances, 14 pennants, 9 World Series titles. And half of those have come since 2004. Yeah, they really have. Yeah, so a franchise that toiled in mediocrity and below average, averagity. There's a new Ooh, word. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah that's nice. <laughs> <laughs> For nearly a hundred years, has now become incredibly dominant in this century. Absolutely. And um, I'm waiting for them to make another trade. Maybe that. Maybe the next curse will be the will be the Mookie Betts curse. Ooh. Who's getting cursed? The the Red Sox. Red Sox. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, that was a deal that fans were not happy about. No. It made sense. You know, maybe like the babe the. The deal with the babe, maybe it made sense at the time, but didn't end well. I don't think the Mookie Betts made sense. The deal made sense at all. Really? Mm-mm. No, because because to me, like, so the way it works out is like you can be over the um, over the luxury tax threshold for like three years. Yeah, and then that third year, it really starts to like become make, like a major punishment. It is huge. And they were in that year. Yeah. And so they had to get his salary off the books. Well, I I understand so. that. I just. I think letting go of a talent like that is it's absurd. Trouble. It's trouble. Yeah, yeah. it's absurd. Uh, the Boston Red Sox in their history have 11 retired numbers, by the way, which is a statistic that I love. That includes Jackie Robinson. Mm-hmm. And we are going to get into our picks for names, personalities, however you want to call it, 
that uh, you cannot tell the Boston Red Sox story without. That's kind of how I start my search. Mm-hmm. Um, and Brad, yeah, I would like to know who's t- taking a spot on your list. Okay, I'm going to start with um, the Super Death. That's okay, what, that's, that's what I'm going to call one is the Super Death. Yeah, uh, this is he's a left fielder, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to get right into. It. He's the last guy to bat 400. I got Ted Williams. Yeah, I got Ted Williams. Yeah, I assumed you would. I yeah. thought we'd just get it out of the way. Yeah, you're smart. So, Ted Williams is a Hall of Famer, two-time MVP, two-time Triple Crown winner, 19-time All-Star, six-time batting title, five times Major League Player of the Year. Wow. And probably will forever hold the title as the last guy to bat 400. Yeah, he probably will. Yeah, I don't see anybody else doing that. Hit 406 in 1941. It's insane. the magic number. <laughs> That is, it's the it's unobtainium is what it is. Yeah, it's it's a huge deal. Well, and he, do you know, he sits 14th overall in career war. That doesn't surprise me. Somebody 14th. who's that great of a hitter, 121.9 is his career war. Yeah. So, um, offensively though, if you take just his offensive war, he's sixth of all time, and that makes sense because you know what, he is the all-time leader in on base percentage. Yeah, and, and on pace plus slugging. He's in second place. He's right mm, up there at the yeah. top. Yeah. Isn't this crazy? I mean, so, this we're talking about a guy that, that you can't tell the baseball story without. Yeah, no, for real. And when I I was pretty young when I learned about the significance of 400 and who Ted Williams was. Yeah. And for somebody, who, I mean, I wasn't even a teenager. You know, I, I might have been like 9 or 10. Yeah. For a 9 or 10-year-old to, to learn about that and to remember it and be able to understand the, the significance because your dad says, so look at this guy right here. Mm-hmm. You know, he gets, he's going to get on base. He bats, he's about three twenty five. you know? Right. And he, and it feels like he gets on base every day, you know, that and the, the DiMaggio 56 game hitting streak, you know, yeah. those are, those are story. You know, yeah. you can't get away from them. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so this is something that's, that's cool. So not only is Ted Williams an American hero because of baseball, he is literally an American hero because of his military service. He served three years in, in the military during World War II. So, yeah. you know, like everybody else, just about, he took that time off from baseball. Pretty much, yeah. And then in 1946, he came back and he won the MVP. <laughs> he slugged 667, 342 batting average, and uh, 490, led the league with a 497 on base percentage. Yep. The guy, all the guy did was get on base. All he did was win. All he did was win, 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 no matter what. You're right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Ted Williams. A name you cannot escape when talking about the Red Sox. And we're very happy about that. Baseball in general, let's be real. Correct. Well, okay, I'm going to jump into my next one then, since okay. we've, we've overlapped yet again. Of course. Um, I'm going to get into my no-duh, my no-brainer. Okay. We're talking about a designated hitter first baseman. Mm, I don't know who it is. You Do you? Yeah. 6'3", 230 pounds. <laughs> 10-time All-Star, 3-time World Series champion, 7-time Silver Slugger Award, ALCS MVP, and the World Series Most Valuable Player, David Ortiz. David Ortiz. Yeah, I have I have Big Poppy on my, my, my list, too. You, His bigness. His bigness. Yes. Yeah. Yep. That. Yeah. 55.3 career war, 8 1,640 at-bats, 2,472 hits, 541 home runs, a career batting average of 286. 
with a whopping 17 stolen bases. It's <laughs> quite a bit for uh, a guy that's For his size. bigness. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I wonder how many of those he's on the back end of a double steal. He's, right. he's on yeah. first base and he's got somebody on on third on second he's still in third. He's taking, you know, trotting into second. <laughs> but if that's the case, I'd probably throw down to second and get him on second yeah. try try third base. Right. You know? A little bit of a wild throw maybe ended up in the <laughs> under the under the tarp. Yeah. <laughs> <And> he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Or how many of those were overthrows into into center field? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Swinging a miss on swinging a miss on a on a hit and run. Yeah. Wild throw into center field and he's standing on second base. And he's like, I'm just, just gonna like scoot that. this way real quick. Just like that. <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned World Series MVP. Mm-hmm. He was it wasn't 2004. It no. wasn't 2007. Right. It was 2013. Right. When he was, th- it was a 37 year old season. Yeah. So, and the thing, the thing that goes along with that, to uh, to me, is that it's not just the fact that you know he's 37. It's that he was an integral part in 2004. Yeah. 2007. Yeah. But his biggest role was as a team leader. Yeah. A veteran. And an experienced guy who's like, you know, I've already won two World Series. Let me let me carry the weight here, mm. and and he did. Yeah. So super cool. Um, I actually have one more guy on the on my like one more modern player on my list. Um, so do I. I can't tell you who it is. But yeah. I bet it's the same guy. Yeah, you're probably, probably right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, but his bigness played 14 years with the Red Sox, right? 20 yeah. years total in the league, mm-hmm. and. Uh, yeah, he's he's going down. In yeah, history. He, I always forget. I don't. I shouldn't say I always forget. But there was a long time I did not know that he spent six years in Minnesota. Exactly. And it's funny because he was kind of like toiling as like a borderline defensive liability guy yeah. at first base, and then he goes to Boston. And at the time, you know, that was the Theo Epstein years. Yep. I wonder if it was just a, a player development thing. Could have been that he saw what he was good at. Yeah, and said, "This is what we're gonna. This is what we're gonna do with you. Here's your new role. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah, fit right into this because into the new system. Then he was top five in the MVP voting after his first year in Boston. He was mm-hmm. top five in the MVP voting for the next uh, five years, actually. Yeah, and a, an All Star pretty much every year. Mm-hmm. 2009 he was not. 14 and 15 he was not. But otherwise, from 2004 yeah. to 2016 he was an All Star every year, but three. Yeah, yeah." Terrific choice, my friend. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. Yeah. Baseball family, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to get into the final remaining slots on our list. Uh, We're hoping they don't entirely overlap, but they may. You know what, Brig? What's that, Brad? I'm just not much of a coffee drinker. Boy, I knew that. You're still stuck in your yummy phase. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) So what, what exactly do you do to get it going in the morning? I know, I know it is not a good night's sleep. You're right, it's not. Instead, I drink Rays. I tried a ton of different energy drinks over the last few years to help me get up in the morning, and it is by far the best tasting. It's mildly flavored, yet still flavorful. There's no crash, so I actually feel like I can finish the workday when it wears off around 2.30. Visit repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P sports.com, and use code BTPOD at checkout to support the Baseball Together podcast and to get 15% off your sampler pack, variety pack, or custom order of Ray's Energy. I'm Jason. And I'm David. And we're the hosts of the Non-North Sports Podcast, where the home of sports talk for everyone. Join us bi-weekly as we talk about the happenings in sports. You can find the Non-North Sports Podcast on anchor.fm, 
Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you find your podcasts. Thanks for taking a quick break with us, baseball family. We're just going to jump right into the next names on our list for the Boston Red Sox, Mount Rushmore. And, uh, you know, we've overlapped twice now, so I'm a little bit worried about what might happen. This is unprecedented waters. We've not been here before. Not on the first two. Right. We've done... We've overlapped before. And then, like, the third and fourth. Yeah, but... I think three out of four is the highest we've ever gone, and I'm a little worried we're going to go for four. Me too. Okay. All right. The next guy on my list, left fielder and first baseman, Hall of Famer, already in the Hall of Fame, MVP, Triple Crown, 18-time All-Star, seven-time Gold Glove winner, three batting titles, Carl Dostromsky. Carl. Yes. The Yaz. Yes, sir. Are you kidding me? Is he on your list? Yes, he is. <laughs> Major League Player of the Year. <laughs> he was an All-Star Game MVP. Career War 96.5. At-bats. A whopping 11,988. He is in the 300 or the 3,000 Hits Club. Home runs 452. Batting average lifetime 285. 168 stolen bases. I like that stat. Yeah. He played with Boston for 23 years. Well, this is the thing that I think is impressive. An all-star every year from 1965 to 1979. Yeah. Every stinking year. Every single one. Um, And you can't can't go without saying that his grandson plays for the Giants, Mike Yastrzemski. Currently. Which is super cool. Yeah. Um, you know, last year or two years ago, I think two, it was two, years, two ago, years ago. Yeah, when the when the Giants played at Fenway, there was a big to do, which there should have been, of course, because Yaz is a Red Sox icon. Yes. Um, you truly can't tell the story of the Red Sox without without Yaz, but uh, of course they had to say he's the first Yastrzemski to play left field since his grandfather <laughs> on a Thursday in, <laughs> in Fenway. <laughs> yeah, because right. yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's such a common last name. Yeah, yeah. Well, what was cool was the two of them got to walk. Left field mm-hmm. at Fenway together, yeah. and can you imagine the stories that that guy was telling, <laughs> and the and the actual like the legitimate questions that Mike has oh, asked? Yeah, I mean, come on. Well, I, I mean, from growing up, and I'm sure, and you know, I, it's it's so weird to think about that. Like, like growing up, I'm sure the question what the questions weren't. How does that ball bounce off that wall? Mm-mm. How does the ball bounce off the monster? Right. Until that day, yeah, standing there. Grandpa, can you tell me about, like, if the ball hits there, like, how does it carry him? Yeah. How does the ball bounce off the wall? Yeah. <laughs> Completely different field of questions and just more about, I'm sure, about the experience, his experience. And I, I know nothing about this because I'm just speculating strictly. But, yeah, of course. But still, like, that would be a conversation that I would have loved to have ears in. Couldn't you see him saying, all right, there I was, <laughs> standing there. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes, here comes Mickey Mantle, <laughs> or yeah, whatever. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, just absolutely awesome. It's, and it's funny because one of my favorite columnists in the country is Greg Cody with the Miami Herald. Yeah, he's super funny, and he is like stuck on Yaz. Yeah, yeah. Like they ask him who's the best baseball player, but Yaz, it's Yaz. Really? Yaz. 
just yeah. refuses to he, like he he grew up on the Red Sox and Yaz yeah. is his hero. Just it's always Yaz. It doesn't matter who. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's super super cool. Yeah. No, I I it was fun for me to get to research Yaz a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's a name that you come across constantly. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you just don't know, right? Until yeah. you really start looking. Like, did you know he's number two all time in games played? I didn't know that, but it makes sense after twenty three seasons. One well, look. This is something I thought was cool, and it might be just like like the lifetime achievement awards, you know, of like cumulative stuff. Yeah, yeah. That he he was an all star in nineteen eighty two and nineteen eighty three as well, in his forty two and forty three year old seasons. Yeah, you know, like I said, like like Griffey was retired the year he re- his last year, and yeah. he was leading the like he's leading outfielders and vote getters. That's right. You know, yeah. Like, you don't even have to play to be voted to the all star game technically. Sure, but. He was an all-star, 42-43 season. But he still played 119 games yeah. his last year yeah. at age 43. Yeah, exactly. Which is outstanding. So, And not necessarily as a DH. Right. right? He's he still out field, in the field. Still out in <laughs> the left <laughs> field as a 43-year-old man. In Boston. That doesn't happen anymore. That won't happen anymore. Especially somebody in the American League. He would be strictly the DH. That's right. That's exactly right. Career all-time third on the career all-time list for at-bats. And he's uh, played appearances, which is a little bit of a different statistic. He's uh-huh. got uh, number two all time. Pretty cool. That is cool. I love it. That's really cool. I like it a lot. And you know what's what's something that's kind of crazy to think about mm. is that if he had started two years earlier, that his career would have spanned, like would have stretched into three decades. Exactly. And that's like, that's big. That's un- almost unheard of. We yeah. should look that up. And see we should. Who, who has? Yeah, he stretched the longest yep. across decades. So okay, all right. Carl Yastrzemski, well, number three for both of us. Jeez, the moment of truth, number four. I'm gonna just, I'm just gonna go into this one. Break. You should. So this is a guy who actually started his career not in Boston, at uh, with an organization that we actually are very familiar with these days, the Dodgers. Okay. And then he went to Canada mm. to play with the Expos. Yeah. He was uh, he came to Boston in 1998, where uh, if you ask me, he had his best years. This is why he made it. He had a major role in the 2004 World Series. Mister mm-hmm. Pedro Martinez. Oh, did you have Pedro? I do not. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> he was one of the next ones on my list. Well, though. yeah. So I don't. I don't feel like you can tell. So like, I was looking at the 2004 World Series because that is a critical part in Red Sox history now you know like I'm sure you watched every game of that World Series of that playoff run absolutely you know? um, had to I mean having to get the monkey off the back in the ALCS mm-hmm. and not only that but also overcoming 3-0 yeah. against your Yankees yeah um, so like that was like the breakthrough mad props like, that, I think that alone is it's it's almost like the uh, the salt of the shoulder or whatever, like the ritual that Could broke be. the curse. Because yeah. you've got to, I feel like you have to overcome something major to break a curse like that. And that was it. It was huge. That's what it took. They weren't going to do it any other way. Yeah, it had to be the hardest way possible, <clears throat> right? Yeah, absolutely. And Pedro Martinez, to me, was a major player in that. The other guy I thought about was Kurt Schilling, but he was kind of a mercenary. Totally. You know? Yeah. And so I don't feel like he could go on the uh, on the Mount Rushmore there. But so Pedro Martinez, he is in the Hall of Fame, deservingly so. Yep. Three-time Cy Young Award winner, Triple Crown winner, eight-time All-Star, 2004 World Series champion, five-time ERA title, ERA title All-Star MVP, 
all at 5'11", 170 pounds. This guy slinging heat at 5'11". I love that. Kids, don't ever let anybody tell you you're too short. Yes. <clears throat> because if you know if you can get your mechanics right, you can do it. You can do it well. You can do anything. And that's right. And Pedro was a clinic mechanically. He were, no, he Absolutely really was. I love listening to him talk about pitching. Yes. I still though, I'm I still can't get over when he threw Zim on the ground though. Like, <laughs> like that has nothing to do with this conversation necessarily. I'm just I have to say, I'm still not over it, and that's okay. It's fine. <laughs> and so I I've always looked at that not so much that he threw him on the ground, that he helped him to the ground. Oh sure, because Zim yeah. was not. He was going to miss. He was going down. He was going yeah, down. he was going yeah. down. Yeah, you're right. Just grab him by the head, you know, the yeah. back of his head and help yeah. him to the ground. Is yeah. that how you help people to the ground? Sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Depends <laughs> on the situation. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. You got anything else you want to say uh, about Pedro? No, I mean, I feel, like, I feel like Pedro Martinez is a pretty self-explanatory guy. Like, like I said, a critical part in the Red Sox history. Uh they would they would not have won the World Series if it wasn't for him. 100%. He wasn't an All Star that year. Yep, he was thirty two, and it wasn't particularly a great regular season for him. But that playoff run, he was dominant. Yeah, he was dominant, and for a guy to have that big of a role in in a World Series win, that's that big of a deal in the franchise. Yeah, auto magic, auto magic. Okay, now this is Brad coming at us with no real buckets he's trying to fill (laughs) he just feels good about these picks yep um i have a little bit of a system cockles in the The cockles cockles of my heart they warmed them yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) it's pretty intense for a pirate to have warm cockles i'm gonna i'm not gonna lie so baseball family i'm gonna tell you a little bit more just as a reminder about my process i do the i have a no-brainer pick i have a stat leader pick i have a transcendent pick and i have a fan favorite so today, David Ortiz was my no-brainer. Carl Yaz is my stat leader. Teddy Williams is my transcendent pick. And for my fan favorite, i got to give it to a guy who also won the MVP. Four-time All-Star, two World Series titles, four gold gloves, one silver slugger, Wilson's overall defensive player award, rookie of the year, second baseman, the laser show. Dustin Pedroia. Absolutely, in my opinion, mm-hmm. talk about a fan favorite. Yeah. You cannot have a fan favorite list without Dustin Pedroia. 14 years with the organization. We know that 18 and 19 were incredibly terrible years for him. Super yeah. hard. There's a lot of speculation as to why the Yankees are not also far from that conversation, which I think adds to his story. Honestly, as a yeah. as a fan favorite Red Sox, so, but I mean this guy's awesome. He's he's, and to to your point about just get your technique down right, just mm-hmm. do your thing yeah. better than anybody else. This guy is five uh, nine, hundred seventy pounds, and watching him play is special. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it always has been. I remember when he came onto the scene. My dad, big big Red Sox fan. My dad's been yeah. a Red Sox fan forever. He literally drugged me to the television and said <laughs> he paused it because he, he had DVR at the time. Uh-huh. This was back in 06, right? So I was yeah. just getting out of, out of high school. It was my senior year of high school. And he said, come here. 
you got to sit down and watch this kid <laughs> hit this ball. Because when Dustin Pedroia swings the bat, it's all in. Dude, He's, it looks like the bat's swinging him. Yeah. The way he swings it. Sometimes, right? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But he brought that level of intensity. He uh-huh. brought that level of, of gamesmanship. He brought that level of integrity to every single at-bat, every single play. I never saw him loaf one time. The dude is my guy. If I had to pick my guy in Boston uh-huh. over the last 20 years, it's Dustin Pedroia, no questions asked. I love Dustin Pedroia. I think that's a solid choice. I yeah. like it a lot. Uh, he was in my top six. Yeah, I had to narrow when I was narrowing down. <clears throat> and uh, I, I, I love telling the story about how I was introduced to who Dustin Pedroia, Dustin Pedroia was. Okay, because uh, I had uh, my brother-in-law bought me MLB The Show. Yeah, two thousand and seven. Okay. And Pedroia was called up, made his big league debut in 2006, but he was in AAA on that game. I did the road to the show. Yeah. And, oh, I, yeah. and I was like, well, I want to play, for, I want my guy to be on a good team. So I chose the Red Sox. And, um, and I was, I was actually a pretty big Red Sox fan at the time. I liked everybody who was on that team. I liked what they were doing. And that was like my winning team, my mm-hmm. like bandwagon team that I yeah. was cheering for, you know? Sure. Um, I did not know that about you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was. <laughs> Not something I'm really that proud of because that it goes then. against everything I believe in. It does. <laughs> but, wow. But so that was part of the reason I chose the Red Sox. But he was uh, the second baseman on the Paw Sox team that mm-hmm. my that my player was playing on, and I, and my player batted behind him in the batting lineup. Oh, okay. So it was it was pretty cool. I was like watching. Dustin Pedroia, who was this guy? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then you know, and then it turns out I see him win Rookie of the Year in 2007 and MVP in 2008. I was like, oh, I know he, he who he is. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So. It was fun. It was a lot of fun to, to see that. So I, I have to do this real quick because um, so five nine he's sixty nine inches tall, right? Yeah. He swings a thirty three inch bat. Um, I love doing this kind of math. That's almost half his height. <laughs> yeah. Forty forty eight percent of his height. Yeah. That's why it looked like that bat swung him. Yeah. Well, and <laughs> rightly so. I'll tell you when he came and did a rehab assignment here in Greenville, mm-hmm. it was pandemonium. And it was good. Good thing it was before the pandemic because we are it, that place was packed. Oh yeah, I'm sure. And when he stepped onto the field for any reason at all, even if he had gone to pick up a piece of trash, we all got on our feet. We all were cheering and whooping and hollering, and and it was like a sitting president was in the stadium. It was yeah. incredible. He played great, super smooth. Uh, I can't imagine sitting in the dugout with him and learning and and mm-hmm. you know being mentored in just for that couple of games that would be incredible. Yeah. Really cool. That would be a big deal for those guys. Totally. You know, especially the guys in AAA who have been told like, well, you know, you're you're not going to get above this level. Yeah. And for him to, to be able to say, you know, this is what this is what it takes if, it, if somebody tells you you're too small. Yeah. This is what you need to do. You know, how how do you play bigger than what you are? And that's that X factor clubhouse guy stuff that yeah. we love to talk about. Yeah. And for that reason, he's my number 4 on my list. Excellent choice. 14 years with the Boston Red Sox. And I hope that he comes back in a coaching role or some something in the front office. Mm-hmm. I hope he stays with the organization and they continue to get a lot of benefit out of him because I think he has a lot to give. I think his career ended a little bit early. He was 35 and he, he had more. Well, it was basically a career-ending injury. It was. And I understand that. Yeah. yeah. And and I, want, I wonder if we're going to see him step away for a while because I'm sure he's 
not happy about the way it ended. Oh, no. You can't be as a competitor. Totally. Um, if we're going to see him step away from baseball for a little while and then maybe come back after, you know, around the time that he's Hall of Fame eligible. Yeah. Not so much as like a, like a campaign. No, he won't need to. No, I don't think he'll need to campaign. No. Uh, but I think more as like, a, okay, I'm ready. And I don't know if he'll get. I don't know if he'll get into the Hall of Fame on voting. It's going to depend on who he's up against those years. Yeah, who's on the ballot. But the Culture Club is going to get him in for sure. For sure. And you know what's you know what's crazy is like we were looking at the ballot coming up for this year. Yeah. And it's weak. It's really bad. So he might just get in because he's up against a weak field. And see, that's what I'm saying. So oh, it's yeah. it. I think he'll end up in the Hall. I think it's going to be one of those two scenarios. Yeah. That's what I say. Since those are the only two options. Well, but I mean, <laughs> I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're if right. He, if he doesn't get voted in, the culture club will put him in. The, for sure. They will put him in for sure. Yeah. And if he does get voted in, it will likely be because there are there's a little bit of a weaker class that yeah. he's up against. Yeah, that's no. it. That's all. Um, <laughs> I think you're right. But I'm telling you, uh, yeah this this is a guy. This is a guy whose story baseball needs, right? And mm-hmm. and that's why I think the culture club is going to lean on putting yeah. him in is because. Yeah. His story is a is a great baseball story, especially coming out of the steroid era. Yep, like he's one of the first gener like he's part of the first generation of post steroid era. That's right. It's really important for baseball. It is. So I yep. agree with you, baseball family. Let us know what you think. Did we get it right? Did we miss somebody? I'm sure we did. I oh, mean, there man. was plenty to, to 121 seasons. Come on. Really? Yeah, and and you know, one thing I was actually shocked about was like going through. I was like, well, it's a no wonder they didn't win for a long time. Yeah, and it's like them with the Cubs. Same yes. Thing. It was because there are a lot of guys who are important to the franchise, played well relative to like, like Baseball Reference gives the what the top twenty four players with their uh, with the, according to their WAR for yeah, the franchise. They do, and there are guys in there who it's like he was a pretty good player, but he's not Mount Rushmore material. Like Nomar Garcia Parra is top twenty four. I was a huge Nomar fan. That's part of the reason I like. Everybody loves awesome. Nomar. Yeah, let's be honest. But I would never put him on anybody's Mount Rushmore. I don't think I would either. Same with Wade Boggs. Like he's yeah. great, but yeah. is he on the Mount Rushmore? I don't think so. I don't think That's so. That's personal yeah. opinion. But maybe of fried chicken eaters, <laughs> but not of baseball players. <laughs> so yeah. That's well, Bobby Doerr, though, is another great one. Like he could go on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. tough. Yeah, but let us know what you think. Submit to the mailbag on baseballtogether.com. Don't forget to jump on the shop at nineplusus.com. That's N-I-N-E-P-L-U-S-U-S. Dot com nine plus us.com that's where you can shop all the sweet merch that we're wearing right now brad's got his pirate baseball cap on and his arizona themed baseball together t-shirt i'm wearing my bronx themed uh, baseball together t-shirt and my baseball things cap in natural with a black visor it's terrific i wear this hat all the time and like we mentioned yeah. earlier today can't believe it's not dirty yet so it's very exciting <laughs> <laughs> for sure let's don't forget to go to baseballtogether.com again, where you can watch the podcast. You can listen to the podcast again. Submit to the mailbag. Yeah. Uh, we love mailbag questions. Mm-hmm. It's easy to get to just in the navigation. Click submit to mailbag. Go down, fill out the form, send it to us, and we will answer your question on the show. We actually have one coming up because we weren't we weren't able to get to all of them last time. No, no, we so weren't. we're gonna have another mailbag uh, episode come up here pretty soon. Can't wait to get get to it. And baseball family, thanks for joining us. We will catch you next week. Thank you.